Welcome to the Exploring Unschooling podcast. I'm Pam Larickia, longtime unschooling mom and author. Join me and my wonderful guests for interviews, information, and inspiration about unschooling and living joyfully with your family. You can find the episode show notes, your free introductory ebook, What is Unschooling?, and lots more information at livingjoyfully.ca. And here's the show. Hello, explorers. I'm Pam Larickia, and this is episode number 148 of the podcast. It's the 31st of October, 2018, as I record this intro. This week on the podcast, I am really excited to share a talk that I originally put together for the Canadian Online Homeschool Conference. It is a topic that's near and dear to my heart. So here's the description. When I began unschooling my three children back in 2002, it wasn't long before I came across the idea that strong relationships with my children were essential for unschooling and learning in general to thrive. At first, I thought, sure, that's a worthwhile goal, but what exactly does that have to do with their learning? That became clear over the next months and years as I continued to question the conventional wisdom around parenting and how children learn. So let's explore why connected and trusting relationships with our children lie at the heart of their learning. So if you watch the video version on my YouTube channel, Living Joyfully with Unschooling, you'll actually see the slides that accompany the talk. Now, I think the audio stands alone, but I do love creating slides for my talks to add a little something extra. It's one of my creative joys. <laughs> I've also included some of the slides in the transcript, so you can pick your favorite, audio, video, or text. As a personal update, Lissy's here. <laughs> As I record this, she's reorganizing our library shelves, a daunting task that she is definitely rocking. And tonight, we're going into town to enjoy the decorations and see the trick-or-treaters in action. And yesterday, we spent an hour traipsing through the forest, contemplating where we might want a new trail. Definitely all fun times. And as a community update, I want to thank everyone who has chosen to support my unschooling work, like this podcast and my website, through Patreon. And a big welcome to new patrons, Nadia Peary and Laura Sewell. Thanks so much for joining us. I deeply appreciate all my patrons. Their generous support is vital to helping me freely share information and inspiration with anyone who's curious and wants to explore the fascinating world of unschooling. If you'd like to join my community of patrons and scoop up some great rewards along the way, check out the Exploring Unschooling page at patreon.com. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com forward slash exploring unschooling. And with that, let's get started. So welcome to the value of relationships for learning. Um, when I began unschooling my three kids, it was back in 2002. It wasn't long before I came across that idea that strong relationships with my children were essential for unschooling and learning in general to thrive. And at first I thought, sure, that's a worthwhile goal, but what exactly does that have to do with their learning? You know, because relationships aren't a big thing at school, right? It's not something that we often hear um, in relationship to learning. 
But that became clear over the next months and years as I continued to question the conventional wisdom around parenting and how children learn. So in this talk, we're going to explore why connected and trusting relationships with our children lie at the heart of their learning. So the first thing I want to just take a moment is to loosely define unschooling. So we're starting off on the same foot. You guys here probably get this, but when I talk to a wider audience too, I always want to make sure that I explain unschooling is a style of homeschooling that at its most basic is about learning without a curriculum. And it sounds straightforward, but the implications of that simple phrase can be life-changing. It grows beyond an educational method into a learning lifestyle because human beings are hardwired for curiosity, learning, creativity, connection, and engagement. So what if we choose to cultivate those traits rather than trying to control them? So when I first began learning about unschooling, it didn't take long to come across the idea that strong relationships with our children are essential for unschooling and learning to thrive. John Holt was a classroom teacher and school reformer for many years before he eventually concluded that school and learning were never going to be a good fit. At that point, he became a fierce advocate for homeschooling and actually coined the term unschooling. In his book, Escape from Childhood, The Needs and Rights of Children, John Holt talks about what children need growing up. He explains that children need love, stability, consistent and unequivocal care, and lasting relationships with people who are profoundly enough interested in them to look after them with warmth, gaiety, and patience. I just love that sentence when I finally read that book last year, <laughs> because he packs so many important points into that one sentence. So the importance of not only love, but stability. So children not only feel loved in the moment, but can trust it to be there in the future as well. It's unconditional. Consistent and unequivocal care reminds us that it's not about when it's convenient for us, nor about judging their needs. Their needs are their needs, full stop. Lasting relationships reminds us to take a lifelong perspective. We will be in relationship with them how, however long we're both alive. With people who are profoundly enough interested in them reminds us this is not about parental obligation, but about choosing to care about our children as unique and interesting human beings. With warmth and gaiety reminds us that children are not a nuisance, that our relationships with them are not less than our relationships with the adults in our lives. And with patience reminds us to join them where they are, just as we would with any friend we value. <clears throat> now by this, he does not mean hovering over children. He doesn't mean jumping in without being asked and doing things for our children. He's talking about being in relationship with them caring about them as human beings and as our children. And curiously, there's nothing about teaching in there or, or even about learning. So I asked, why is that? When my family began unschooling, I saw it as a way to replace school. It was a different way to learn. And absolutely it is. But while we understandably focus on our children's learning when we set out on our unschooling journey, 
we soon realize that there's something even more fundamental that lies underneath, our relationships with our children. We discover that when we focus on cultivating strong and connected relationships, learning naturally and beautifully bubbles up. So how does that happen? To explore that question, let's start with Maslow's hierarchy of needs. So American psychologist Abraham Maslow's popular theory describes a number of fundamental needs that must be met for a human being to perform to their potential. This idea is often visually presented as a pyramid. As a person's more basic needs are met, they move up the levels, reaching self-actualization needs at the top. It's important to note that self-actualization is not a destination. It's an ongoing process of personal growth. It's a practice. Also, that as circumstances change, we can move up and down the hierarchy. So the bottom two needs are the basic survival needs, physiological and safety. These represent the food and water, the warmth and rest that human beings need for their bodies to function well, and then a safe environment that keeps fear for our well-being at bay. When these needs are met, meeting them rightly, when they're unmet, meeting them rightly takes the person's attention and focus, and there's no attention left for learning. The next two needs are psychological. So first, there's a need to feel a sense of belonging and acceptance, to feel loved. And then there's esteem, feelings of self-worth, confidence, and control over their lives. That sounds very similar to what John Holt was describing, doesn't it? And again, meeting these needs takes precedence before a person moves up the hierarchy. If they're regularly feeling negative emotions like rejection and anxiety, elevated stress hormones affect the prefrontal cortex, the amygdala, and the hippocampus, impairing their learning and memory. But once these physical and emotional needs are met reasonably consistently, they can spend their time at the top of Maslow's hierarchy. And it's here in this curious and creative mindset of exploration where learning thrives. So what I find so fascinating is that this describes, in psychological research terms, what unschooling parents see in action in our lives. With survival needs met, when we focus on nurturing, connected, and trusting relationships with our children, we are meeting their emotional needs for belonging, acceptance, and esteem. And it's at that point when they can spend more of their time steeped in discovery and personal growth, i.e. that's when the natural learning bubbles up. So now let's look at things from another angle, through the lens of Hungarian psychologist Mihai Csikszentmihalyi's work. So what Maslow described as peak experiences, a signature occurrence in his self-actualization state of being, Csikszentmihalyi describes as being in the flow. It happens most often when we play where the challenge of the task and the skill of the person is closely matched. Flow doesn't happen if the task is too easy because there lies boredom and apathy. Or if it's too hard, there we're most apt to feel worry or anxiety. In his book, Binding Flow, he describes flow as the joy of complete engagement. And I love that phrase because it so clearly portrays what unschooling parents often see with their children. So here's a fun example. 
Um, a bit of backstory. My youngest, Michael, is a black belt performance martial artist and a stunt performer. And my daughter, Lissy, is a photographer. And I mean, <laughs> they are so much more than that, but those are their current vocations. And we were on vacation last fall. One evening, we trekked to a secluded beach for sunset. And when we got there, we saw the rope swing hanging. And of course, Michael was all over that. <laughs> and a moment later, Lissy grabbed his GoPro and started shooting him in action. So they were both in their element, focused and in the flow. So if you look at that picture, can you see the wave coming? And it didn't phase her one bit. I was so thrilled when I got these pictures. <laughs> in fact, when I showed them the pictures later, she only vaguely remembered being engulfed by the wave. She was focused and in the flow. And Michael got some great footage. Being in the flow of an activity is an exhilarating way to learn because as Csikszentmihalyi describes it, a person in flow is completely focused. There is no space in consciousness for distracting thoughts, irrelevant feelings. Self-consciousness disappears, yet one feels stronger than usual. The sense of time is distorted. Hours seem to pass by in minutes. But it's really difficult to get into the flow when you're doing something you're not interested in. That's why with unschooling, we're all about helping our children follow their interests. That way, there's so much more opportunity for flow state learning and fun. <laughs> so I sometimes hear the argument that children need to learn to do things they don't want to do. People worry that children will give up too easily when things get challenging and they need to be forced to keep at it. And, you know, that's an understandable conclusion when looking at schooled children through the lens of conventional schooling and parenting. Yet that's not what unschooling parents see in action. We often see our children doggedly pursuing their interests and goals, even through many challenging moments. Free to choose what they do, the intrinsic motivation to keep going in spite of the obstacles they sometimes encounter is inspiring to watch. I took this picture at Michael's black belt grading, which was on his 17th birthday. And I guess I took this picture at about hour five of an intense eight-hour grading. Parents don't need to teach this kind of unwavering commitment by requiring it in everything their children do. Instead, we can help them explore the world and find things that they enjoy so much that their dedication flows naturally, which also means being free to quit activities when their interest wanes. There's so much learning in that choice as well. Csikszentmihalyi shares another observation. The family seems to act as a protective environment where a child can experiment in relative security without having to be self-conscious and worry about being defensive or competitive. See, that lack of self-consciousness is key to flow. Needing to be vigilant about the people around you is distracting. And again, unschooling parents are focused on creating an emotionally safe place for their children to explore and learn. So in Maslow's terms, we're meeting their psychological needs. And this in turn allows their children to sink into the flow of their activity more often, reaching the top of Maslow's hierarchy, the curious and creative mindset where learning thrives. 
So we've looked at Maslow's hierarchy of needs and Csikszentmihalyi's flow, and they've both helped us more deeply understand why when we focus on meeting our children's physiological and psychological needs and on supporting them as they pursue their interests and passions, where skill and challenge dance, we find that the most amazing learning just happens. We don't need to focus on the learning at all. Instead, we can focus on creating and cultivating an environment in which learning naturally bubbles up, the emotionally safe space of connected and trusting relationships. So that brings us to the next big question. How do we go about nurturing strong relationships with our children? Strong relationships are built on strong connections. In a well-connected parent-child relationship, there is a high level of trust and genuine respect. Days are a dance of give and take. Is that dance again. <laughs> I love that metaphor. <laughs> now, this doesn't mean that it's effortless, but if we want to develop more connected relationships with our children, we can choose to make that effort. There are a couple of things that I often see get in the way when a parent is trying to connect or reconnect with a child. The first is the parent not honestly evaluating how actively they cultivate connecting opportunities when they appear. So pay attention to how you respond to your children when they reach out to you. When they ask you for help, do you most often say yes? Do you consistently help right away or put them off until it's more convenient for you? And if that happens, do you follow through? Looking at these questions can help you see the signals you are giving them regarding your availability for connection. Each of these situations, if they occur with any regularity, interferes with the healthy give and take of a relationship. The other thing that I often see is a parent trying to connect by attempting to pull the child to them rather than going to the child. You know, want to go for a bike ride with me? The answer is often no, because as part of the relationship disconnect, the child likely doesn't trust that you are suggesting the activity for their enjoyment. And it's a great question to ask ourselves. Are you really? Do you truly think it is something your child would enjoy, or is it really something that you would enjoy doing with them? There's an incredibly important difference there. So instead, go to them. Join your children in activities they enjoy. And not just family activities that everyone enjoys together, but different activities with each child based on their individual interests. Go fly a kite. Take the time to see the world through their eyes. Spend some time quietly observing them so you start to see what kinds of things they like to do. Make getting to know them one of your high-priority projects. Watch the TV shows and movies they like with them. There's no need to make conversation to connect. Your relaxed presence is a starting point for building future connections. Let them just get used to your company. Maybe play their favorite board game or video games with them. And if they don't yet want you to play with them, don't take it personally. Sit nearby and soak up their joy. Take your direction from them. But don't do these things passively passionately spend this time observing and learning more about them. 
Creating a strong base of connection and trust on which to build a relationship is not about putting in time with your child, but about using that time to celebrate what makes them wonderfully themselves. The activities they enjoy, the food they like to eat, the kinds of clothes they prefer to wear, and understanding why. Once you begin to understand your children as individuals, you can begin to connect with each of them where they are. That is a comfortable place from which they can welcome you. Through your actions, show them that you understand and love the unique individual they are. And that's a true connection. Proof that you see them, that you understand who they really are. And now we dug pretty deep into the ways to build connections in our relationships with our children. What about trust? So in my experience, trust has been the backbone of our unschooling lives. And that trust goes both ways. My trust in them and their trust in me. It is so important because with trust, real communication can flow. Our children can ask us questions, can share their thoughts and ideas, trusting they won't feel belittled. We can share our thoughts and experiences, trusting our children will consider them thoughtfully, knowing that we aren't trying to manipulate them somehow. We trust that when they need help, they will ask for it. Now, developing this deep level of trust doesn't happen overnight. It's built over time and through experience. Your children don't trust you just because you are their parent. They trust you because you have shown them that you are worthy of their trust. So how can we cultivate our children's trust in us? By being responsive, consistently available when they need our help and support. By being loving, showing our love consistently in words and actions. By being trustworthy, helping them get their needs met instead of trying to cajole them or control them into meeting our goals. And it takes as long as it takes. Someone else's trust in us is not something we have any control over. We can control our actions and reactions. And the more consistent they are, the more our children will trust that that consistency will continue into the future. Now, on the flip side, how can we develop trust in our children? By getting to know them, so understanding their personality, motivations, and goals. By being open and approachable, so engage with our children whenever they want to connect. And by giving them space, seeing their choices and how things play out as they explore and learn. All these experiences help us better understand our children and their lives. We discover the threads that run through their actions, the things that make them uniquely themselves. We see the consistency in their actions that allows us to be more trusting and comfortable with the future. The beauty of unschooling is that it's not just a style of learning. It's a style of living. All these experiences interweave such that our trust in each other builds alongside our trust in the process of unschooling. We gain experience in living together. But don't equate trusting your children with leaving them on their own. Those are different things. You can trust your children, yet they still need you around to help out. You have more experience to add to the moment. You can help make experiences richer. 
If you take that trust to mean that you're no longer needed, you'll be less involved in their lives and your connections will begin to fade. Instead, if you focus on your relationships, on building connections and trust, what grows out of that is true respect, a deep sense of the inherent worth of each of your children, which will most likely be reciprocated in abundance as you use this strong base of understanding and connection to build uniquely wonderful relationships together. It's so fascinating to see how research about human needs and learning meshes so tightly with observations from experienced unschooling parents. So now let's try to pull it all together and look at how these connected and trusting relationships play out day to day. How do they so effectively support our children's learning? So when parents who know their children's likes, dislikes, and personalities find more interesting things to bring into their lives, this enriches their children's learning. When children feel safe and understood, they're more apt to try things out without worrying about feeling judged, and this deepens their learning. When parents understand their children well, their choices and actions no longer seem arbitrary, and they're more able to trust them when their motivations aren't yet clear, and this expands their children's learning. And when both parents and children are more comfortable approaching each other for candid conversations, their self-awareness grows. As our children get older, conversations often center less around facts and more around thoughts, feelings, morality, principles, and behavior. Topics that help them sort out the kind of person they want to be. And that's an important bit, the person they want to be. With your love and support, your trust and connection, You are a valuable part of this process, and that is where unschooling shines. When my family first began unschooling, I had no idea that it would lead me to develop such marvelously connected and trusting relationships with my children. But looking back now, it all makes so much sense. Thanks for listening. I hope you found it helpful. You might also like the backlist episodes at livingjoyfully.ca forward slash podcast. While you're there, be sure to pick up your free copy of my book, What is Unschooling? In it, we'll explore some of the common questions people have when they first hear about unschooling, like how will my child learn? How do I know they're learning? What is de-schooling? And how do I get started? It's also available at many online ebook retailers. And if you'd like to connect online, you can find me on Facebook at Living Joyfully. Until next time, have fun living and learning with your family.